Well, you've done it. You finally reached the bottom of the barrel of podcasts, a place where stupidity meets insanity meets a microphone. Your host, a man who is, well, you'll just have to judge for yourself as he takes you through the wasteland of society, history, politics, sports, commentary, pop culture, and all of its modern depravity. Don't turn back now. You're at Dane Bramage. Good luck and Godspeed. You there. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Don't look around. It's coming from your source of noise. <laughs> um, yeah, before I start on this podcast, this is a public service announcement from Dane Bramage. Listen, drop what you're doing. Unless you're driving. Don't, whatever you do, don't drop what you're doing. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Keep driving. Wait till you get home or wherever you're going to do what I'm about to ask you to do. I need the podcast to grow. So all three of you listening, if you guys could just, when I put out an episode, share it with five different people, five different people, and you can do it. Anyone that's listening to this, this is not a hard thing. Just go back on Facebook and go on the page that I send out for when I send out my podcast to be listened to and just go to share. Okay. And you can share it on your timeline. If you guys like what I'm doing, please, please, please. This thing has got to start growing. Okay. I have three listeners, guys, three. And obviously it's the same three people. So I, I love you guys and thank you so much, but got to get more than three or five guys. I mean, I started out and there was like 25. So listen, drop what you're doing. It's only going to take you a second. Share the podcast on Facebook. Share it with five different people every single week. Okay. We are definitely running a Ponzi scheme here. So, uh, pyramid scheme. So it's going to, you know, go up to the top on whatever the fuck. So, um, yeah, guys, please, 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 please share the podcast. Uh, subscribe if you can. Um, I'm not putting up any kind of paywall or anything, not for a long time. Um, please share the podcast, share it on your Facebook page, share it in person, uh, text message it to people, whatever you got, email it, whatever you got to do, please do it. Okay. Cause like I said, I'm kind of suffocating here. Um, I know things are getting better and everyone has a start. Um, you don't start off with a million listeners right at the bat, especially if you're not a, a comedian or, or an actress or something. Um, Except for when I did gay porn, you know, I, that was, that was a, that was a, you know, acting experience. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I did bisexual porn. <laughs> I did animal porn. Um, anyways, uh, no, um, last time, please share the podcast. Five people every week, different people. They'll get out there. They'll listen to it. Maybe they'll like it. I don't know. Maybe they'll never talk to you again. I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll be the worst thing that's ever happened to them listening to my podcast. Who knows? But uh, please get out there. Please show some support. And uh, let's let's make this thing a thing, man. Like, you know, you think Joe Rogan started out with a million listeners? No. You know, um, there's a lot of guys that came out from nothing. So it can happen, you know. Uh, and, and while you're at it, make sure you go over to Derek Relliford and check his stuff out, too. Make sure you share his stuff, too. Um, you know, uh, back home media, get, get your butts out there and listen to back home media and give them some love, man. There's some really good dudes and they get some really good stuff. But anyways, um, on to the show. Howdy gang. 
It's Jeff, it's Dane Bramage, and if you can tell the quality of the microphone's a little bit better, uh, I'm a, not going to be able to do a full hour because my boy is going to be, that was my dog snoring, by the way, in the background. I love all the, I love, when I record at the house, I love all the nice little background noises. It's always so much fun. Um, <clears throat> that's my dog in the background. That's Mr. Petey, um, little tiny apple head chihuahua. He is adorable in every uh imaginable uh description of the word adorable he's tiny he's just he's just cute man he's I, you know and i'm not a chihuahua person but i tell you what when i moved in my wife she had two mixed breed chihuahuas one was a uh, terrier chihuahua mix and another one is a uh, jack russell uh chihuahua mix and the jack russell man as I've said, and, and I, you know, I stole this from a movie. The W movie is, uh, you know, she's the DiMaggio of dogs, man. She's like one of the best athletic <laughs> specimens of a dog I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this, this dog, man, can hurdle a couch, you know, but, and then we're talking like a little tiny Chihuahua, uh, terrier mix, you know, just a little tiny dog. And it's just has all the athletic uh, talent of any, uh, you know, pole vaulter or high jumper I've ever seen. Um, when she goes up and down the stairs now, of course, she's getting older. You know, she's like 10, I think now. But when she about seven years ago, when she was very spry and, and, and bouncy, bouncy, uh, she if she was going up and down the stairs we have a, like a double set of staircases where it goes up 13 steps and then turns and comes back the, the uh opposite way kind of thing you know like you know, like a lot of houses that were built in the late uh 80s early 90s um anyway so yeah it's uh i don't know what kind of staircase you call that but anyway so yeah uh she can go up those stairs right like each each set of steps like with like three hops, like she'll take the first hop and go up like three or four steps and the second hop, same thing. And then finally she gets up to the top of that, that first like turn. And it's just, it's amazing, man. This dog is just fucking phenomenally talented. Um, it's good to, good to know someone in the family's got some, I feel like talent because me, yeah, that if I had any, that wave bye-bye long time ago, long time ago, I played hockey and, you know, what's that old saying? You know, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't big, but I was slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you're supposed to be saying he wasn't big, but he was fast. No, I wasn't big, but I was slow. You know, um, big as in the fat sense I was. Uh, but anyways, um, I mean, I, I played real hard though. You know, I put all my heart into it. And, you know, and honestly, guys, what matters it's playing the game. It's having fun, right? No. Winning. And I come from this kind of family. And this used to be a very big American thing. Even Vince Lombardi used to talk about this. Like how winning is the most important thing in America. Like it's it's an American thing is to be competitive, to win, to be the best at what you do, or at least try to be the best at what you do. Now we're just, we're so, we've been, for an entire generation has been just completely mind fucked by, you know, the whole participation trophy, uh, you know, just compete. And if you're just out there playing, doesn't that matter? It's like, no, no, you're trying to win the game. That's the whole point of the participation is to win the game. And if that means that your sorry ass sucks and your sorry ass needs to be on the bench, you know, I'm sorry. God knows I've done it many, 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 many times. 
You know, um, I remember one time um, we were in a championship game, as a matter of fact. It's one of the last games I played. And uh, I uh, I was out there on the floor, on the rink. And then um, I <laughs> I wanted to coach. And, uh, you know, like I, can't, I was supposed to stay out there. My shift was like three minutes long. I was supposed to be out there in like a minute into the shift. I uh, went up to the coach. I was like, put someone better in for me. You know, like I just I, – I, I had never had a problem – thinking about like the, the, the bigger picture and the bigger picture was to win, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I think in America now we're really, really missing that. Um, I, I just, we have, like I said, the, the, the generation has been so indoctrinated with the whole, you know, just, Oh, it's not if you win or lose, it's how you play the game, you know, bullshit. You know, um, I'm a Vince Lombardi guy, man. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. You know, being the best is the only thing that matters. Um, you know, going, I guess you can say out for blood. I, I, I don't know if that's the, the right term these days, but uh, honestly, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm t- the thing is, you know, I'm getting to a point with this podcast, like I'm just not going to apologize for the way I talk or the way I think or the way I do anything. because That's just the way I am. That's the way God made me. That's right. I said, God, I do mean Jesus Christ. So, um, uh, no, it's God and Jesus, two different people. I don't know, man. I'll tell you when I get up there. <laughs> you know, I don't think God is going to really you know, punish us for being... I don't think God is much of a punisher, honestly. I mean, you have two different kinds of gods. You have a God of vengeance and you have a God of love when it comes to the Christian God. Um, and I just think that from everything I've read and, and, and gone through in my life, I, I have to believe that my God is a God of, of redemption and forgiveness and love. And, you know, for some people that's not the case. I think, you know, maybe they think their God is more of a God of vengeance, you know, that they're, that he's there to uh, condemn and, 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 and punish those that are wicked and have done wrong to others. And uh, I don't know. I, I just don't see him like that. But anyways, you know, you know it's, uh, it's drawing hairs and who, who cares? But um, splitting hairs. Um, yeah, so back to the dog. Uh it's so funny how I can take something as, as simple as like talking about a dog and all of a sudden I'm talking about God and whatnot. You know, I, I often wonder like, why does my brain work this way? Like, I'm not complaining about it per se. I just, it's hard to keep like a thought, you know, just like a single solitary thought and, and finish it to its completion without just going completely all over the place. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember one time me and Anton were in the truck and we we're working together and uh, I was just sitting there quietly and I was like, I was telling him, I was like, dude, bro, my brain goes so many different places, bro. And we're just sitting here like I just think about so many different things. And, you know, I started off with this thought and somehow some way it led me to like it was a thought about like, I don't even remember, man. It was something about work, right? It was something about like the equipment or something like that. And it led me all the way into this long thing in my mind where I started thinking to myself, boy, it's really hard to, I don't really have the money to buy an NBA jersey right now because I wanted a Paul Pierce shirt. So I don't really have the money for an NBA jersey right now. Man, it'd be so much easier if I could just go to a Celtics game and Paul Pierce somehow threw me a jersey. I'm like, he's like, what? Number one, why are you thinking about some sweaty athletic black guy? <laughs> Taking his shirt off, throwing it to you. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Number two, how in the fuck did you get there? Like in your brain, you know? And yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know, man. It's so weird. It's so weird how my train of thought just, wee, just kind of derails and goes off into wherever the hell it's going to. But, uh, mm. so big news, I think, <laughs> you know, uh, I am going to be on Derek Relifer's show, uh, Fat Jesus. Um, I have told him I've decided to call him Lord <laughs> from now on. Uh, you know, so uh, my Lord is going, <laughs> is going to have, um, not my Lord of Lord, not my King of Kings, but my Lord. Um, you know, you can almost say it in like a serfdom uh, way, like my Lord. I've come, I've come from the village to tell you of the peasants. You know, it's like, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, my Lord is, uh, going to invite me on his show and I'm going to be on Derek's show for a minute. Uh, don't know what we're going to talk about just yet, but, uh, I'm sure we'll have some witty banter. Um, you know, I'm pretty much open to any conversation. I, I think, I think, you know, that's the thing that's really, really, really hurting these days is conversations, okay? Conversations where you find some kind of middle ground. And people are so entrenched in their idea that it's no longer, hey, this is what I feel is right. This is my idea. This is, it's, it's, no, I am right. And you're wrong. And since you're wrong, you're stupid. Like, you know, there's this great book and damn it. If I can't think of the fucking name. Oh, um, oh God, Jesus. Uh, height, uh, hate, whatever his last name is, wrote it. Um, damn it, damn it, damn it. Damn it. I'm going to have to look this up. So I'll just keep talking while I'm looking this up. But, um, let me see here. Jonathan Haidt. I'm trying to think of what the hell this book he wrote. It was fucking amazing. And it was talking about, um, uh, the, the, why we think, uh, why we think the way we do, like what leads us to our political, um, leaning, you know, like what, what, we're, we're, why is it one guy, two very good people, you know, you know, the, the righteous mind It's called the righteous mind. Why good people are divided by politics and religion. So yeah, it's pretty much, you have, why can, how can you have two good people, very good people, you know, they either good family men or good civic people or just a good worker, like, you know, never done anything wrong, no one, right? Um, but these two good people think so differently politically that it even comes into question from, from one another, you know, each other, each other question each other on if they are a good person because they believe something politically like, like that, that totally negates, like they could, they could, you know, be, be great at their church or their job or be very charitable people. Like, but because they don't believe politically what you believe, that makes them automatically a bad person, an evil person, uh, someone that's out there to, uh, you know, to hurt, to do something uh, wrong to someone else. And all they want to do is grab control. And, you know, we, we then, then, then we really get these fucking words that get flung out there like communist fascists. Like people don't even know what the fuck that means half the time. You know, I, I, I've heard every damn president in my lifetime. So we're talking 1982. We're talking all the way from Reagan to Biden being either being called both a fascist or a communist. 
you know um and like I said, I, th I don't even think half the people really even know what the hell those words mean, um, you know, and I even have a hard time defining what it is for today's world. You know, uh, you know, I could tell you what a communist was in, in, in 1925. You know, that was a Bolshevik, man. If you're a communist in 1925, like you were hard fucking core, man. Like you believed in the death and destruction of all capitalist uh, systems and uh, you know, topple all monarchies and you, you believed in a one world government and that that's the only way to, to, to cure the ails of, uh, of, of the world was to, to go in and, and destroy all these, uh, existing systems. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I just think that, uh, yeah, I just think for today, a communist, most of the time they're almost like, they're almost like an anarchist to go along with it, right? Like, you know, they're they're not for necessarily toppling everything or worldwide revolution. Um, they're like, yeah, well, you know, we do want to bring down the capitalist system, but you know, we do like our iPhones, <laughs> and you know, and then and then like you know, that's a whole contradiction in itself. You know, I think the problem with with any real system from back in the day, like especially socialism, is that that's going off. Karl Marx came up with these ideas when you know we didn't have all this technology, and the nation state was kind of a newer thing, and you know, an old world, and and you had all these ideas that were coming into the fold, like Nietzsche um, and, and Hegel. You know, they were part of the young Hegelians. Like they, it, it was this whole thing. Thing that was um, it's a whole movement that was burgeoning and, and, and rising out of all these different, you know, political tentacles coming from this huge beast of, of, of uh, you know, uh, of radical politics. You know, you had the French Revolution. It was just there were so many things going on in the 1800s and the 19th century. You know, it was like there's so many different uh, veins going on, man, that like there, something was going to happen. I think that's what Marx really could see is that something was going to happen. But, you know, Marx really didn't come up with this stuff. There was a guy that um, started a, uh, uh, I guess you can say a commune. Um, it's called New Harmony, and I believe it was in Indiana. And uh, I can't tell you the man's name, but he's really like the founder of communism itself. It was like he started this commune. It's a factory town in Indiana where, you know, they, everyone, it was, it was to each, uh, each to your needs, according to your ability type thing. Um, so yeah. Uh, but it, 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 it failed miserably as all communes usually do, <laughs> um, as all, you know, saviors usually are wrong. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, someone comes around and says, you know, they have some kind of freaking solution, uh, to save the day, I I always look at people like that with much suspicion, because <laughs> um, uh, I I don't I don't believe anyone has all the answers except for God, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't I don't I don't buy anything uh, that people are out there fucking saying that they you know any of that shit. But anyways, um, so yeah, like you have people on the left that are you know pretty radical and if you don't believe what they but then you have the people on the right and that has become so like my god people on the right that the right wing when i when i first got into politics like you know pretty deep i guess you could say um i got into it in like 2000 
eight. Now I was always a little political. I, I was a default Democrat, you know, um, I didn't really know how the world worked. I just knew that rich people got money and I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like it. Like said, you know, uh, we all should have the same amount of everything. And da, 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 da. you know, it's like, but you get older and you just see that the world is very fucking flaw. Um, and you, you kind of try to understand that you're never going to go to a place where everyone's going to get along and, and, you know, people are always going to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to be entrenched in their own, uh, no one's going to be like, you know, out for their self or anything like that. That somehow if the, the system was changed, that, that would make people better. You kind of realize it's like, especially when you see so much crap over the years, it's like, you know, they've tried so many things to get people to, to get along and, and nothing works. Like people just, yeah, they're, they're mostly, especially now, Jesus Christ. But anyways, like the right has changed from like just being... Like I said, when I started, I was just a tea party, you know, low taxes, uh, limited government, uh, you know, national defense is really the only thing they believed in, in ramping up. You know, that was the most important thing for the government to do is make sure the country is safe, make sure the country is safe and then step away. And, I, you know, that's how I kind of look at things. Right. And then, like, you know, Trump came along and really a lot of the and I could I guess you could say in 2000 from 2008 to 2016, the movement was almost libertarian in nature where you had, um, except for, um, uh, it was like, it was like you had a little bit of neocon and a little bit of libertarian mixed together in a stew. And that's what you got. Right. Uh, that's, that was the tea party. Okay. Um, it, it, it was really borrowing a lot from Reagan. Um, and you know, that, that Barry Goldwater Reagan kind of vein, right. Uh, the conservative vein of America, the old school conservatism. Um, but it was more populous in nature. See, like the right had kind of taken this term where they were almost like more of the, uh, more of the, they were, they were more of like the, 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 uh, what's it called? Um, Jesus, come on, Jeff, come on, podcaster, get it together. Um, more of the elite, you know, men from universities and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, men with means and stuff like that. So it, it was kind of like, that's where that was coming from. Uh, and that really started turning people off. Now the tea party was more, more populous in nature. Um, or, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh what, what's that? Goddamn. See, you know, when it's early, man, some of the words just I know what they are, but they just don't come to me. Um, pop, is it popular? It's, it's a populist something. God damn it. Those are words. It has pop in the beginning. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Um, popular. Pop, anyways, yeah, I'll figure it out eventually as we're, as I'm talking here. Um, so it had that it had that, you know, vein of being of the people from, from the, maybe the lower classes or the middle class. It wasn't so much a, a, a like business class, uh, movement. Um, it was really, but it was organic, you know, and, and I know this because I was part of it. Like 
God, the left, when they look back at it now, they love to say that it was all, it all came, it all came from top down. It was all started by the Koch brothers and money and this and that, you know, because as if the left wing doesn't, you know, receive money <laughs> from their donors. Come on, man. Get the hell. I, you know, uh, I'll get into that. But anyways, um, yeah. So like uh, this starts up like, you know, from, from the grassroots, right? Um, I think it's populist is what it is. Anyways, uh, so it starts grassroots. It's coming up from just a normal everyday Joe going to these rallies. And and it was very steeped in religion, very steeped in Judeo-Christian, Christianity. Uh, you know, people were really looking for it. And, you know, one of the guys that was part of the movement that was, I, I, I will definitely say was one of the leaders was Glenn Beck. Um, and I used to really be into Glenn Beck. I read a lot of his books. Um, I really enjoyed his material from like 2008 to around 2017. Um, I really think he had his his finger on the pulse of the movement and what people were going through and what people wanted to hear. Um, he, he was I, and, and believe me, as you guys know, I love history, right? I love history, um, and, and he was really big on that. He did a lot of brilliant, I'm, and I mean it, brilliant documentaries. Um, the Root was one of his documentary series, and man, you learn so much from these things, right? Um, and I so different now he's you know i think i i lost interest in beck when he you know during the 2016 campaign um he was swearing up and down he was not going to support donald trump that donald trump was almost a fascist in nature that this was uh this was like the brown shirts in nature his followers are violent um and then he became president and you know he was still like critical of him and kind of calling him on his bullshit. But like after a while, Beck just kind of just like every other Republican mainstream, he just threw up his hands and said, Oh, well, everybody's attacking him. So I got to defend him too. Okay. And I, and I see where that's, I understand where he's coming from with that. Right. But I don't know. I just think that's kind of, you know, it's not authentic. You know, you're just pretty much following the crowd now. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just kind of lost my interest in Beck after that. It's still hard to listen to his stuff now. Even though I try, I don't know, man. I, you know, uh, I want to give him credit for a lot of stuff. I mean, he's, he's been really good on certain things. You know, he's blown the lid on a lot of things. Um, I believe, I believe that his heart is definitely in the right place. I just don't know if... I don't know if, uh, I don't know if like he, I think he's doing the same thing that a lot of these commentators do. They get detached from him. They, they get so much fame and so much hype and, and it's almost like they start believing their own bullshit. And, you know, they think that there's something bigger than they are. And they think they're like some kind of like spiritual, I don't know. I, I, I just, he almost seems like a guru now in a way. Um, I still respect the shit. Um, don't get me wrong, but like, I just, I don't know. I can't get into his content anymore. Um, not, not now, if you're into it, that's cool, man. Like nothing, nothing against you. You're just a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, you're not a fucking idiot. You know, anyone that's into any of this stuff, it's gotta be kind of smart for these days. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm into Glenn Beck at the time and you know, now that's the tea party. And then you have like the left at the time, right? 
And they're just like, man, like th these guys were so fucking hardcore. C compared to what I had seen growing up, what a Democrat was. You know, the, uh, my Democrats, when I was familiar with was, you know, Bill Clinton and stuff like that, you know, Al Gore, like, but in 2008, man, Barack Obama, and I don't know necessarily know if it's Barack Obama himself because I voted for Barack Obama. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Oh God. I'm a fucking hardcore leftist guys. I voted for Barack Obama. Maybe that also proves I'm not racist. Hmm. Could it be? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I was a you know pretty big Barack Obama supporter. You know, I was I was really swept up in all the, the, the historical aspects of it. Obviously, first black president, you know, all that stuff. So um I just thought it was really awesome that we were able to do that as a country, we were able to get to that place. But uh the supporters of Barack Obama were very hardcore leftists. You know, de Democratic Socialists, that's where they really believed that the Democrat Party was going to be. You know, it was going to be socialist. That's what they wanted. That's where they were going. Um, you know, that that's just that's that's how they were going to do it. You know, they, they weren't they weren't interested even remotely in being the old school kind of like, you know, blue dog left of center Democrats. Man, this was going to be a left wing party period. Um, and I think for a lot of people like me that were just, you know, um, normal folk, you know, just regular old dudes, regular old people. Um, I just think that like, it was scary, you know, because I remember when Obama was running for president, um, his, his message was like left of center, almost center. You know, it's talking about personal responsibility. His number one focus, when I get in office, my number one focus is going to be jobs. It's going to be the, you know, uh, the economy. You know, I know what to do. This is how you do it. I can save the economy. Um, my Barack Obama impression isn't good because, you know, like, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Rush Limbaugh had this thing called Barack the Magic Negro. <laughs> It was this little skit that they did in like 2008 when he was running. And it was like, it was talking about pretty much like, um, you know, when he gets in front of a black crowd, he goes, Oh, damn, I'm out of here. Like, starts talking really blackish, right? And then he gets in front of a white crowd and it turns into this. I am very studious. I am very, and I, and I get, you know, that's what he's learned his entire life to be. But it was really fucking inauthentic because you really don't know who the hell this fucking guy is. And that was kind of the whole thing about Barack Obama is like you really didn't know who the fuck Barack Obama was, man. You didn't know what face you were going to get, you know. Um, but anyways, uh, let me try to get through this. So they were so fucking hardcore that if you had even the slightest thing, the slightest the slightest, you know, critique of his job or what the hell he was doing or how he was doing it or, you know, that kind of thing, man, you were immediately tagged a racist. Like you could just say something like, Hey, you know, he said he was going to worry about jobs and why is he doing this, you know, healthcare thing instead, which 
to, to, to tell you the truth, that's how I got away from uh, Obama and the Democrats. Because when 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 they got into power, I thought it was going to be like, you know, the 90s where they were going to like, you know, maybe lower taxes, maybe do this, maybe do that. Just some minor tweaks that were going to help the economy and, and whatnot. And, uh, and, and that's not what they did. It's not what they did at all. Um, they went for the throat of capitalism and they immediately started targeting banks and the first thing that i mean of course you have the stimulus on all those bills which bush already did and that was a big critic of that is like critic critic of that is how bush um was you know nationalizing banks and whatnot and, and you know letting all these goddamn criminals off scot-free and then here comes Barack Obama and he just does the same damn thing, right? I thought he was going to lower taxes and do this and do that. But, you know, he comes out with this big ass spending bill, man, and fucking trillions of gajillions of dollars. And talk talking about shovel-ready so, so, so jobs. You know, uh, the, 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 we're going to be able to uh, supply jobs to Americans with these really good shovel-ready jobs. There's going to be a lot of them. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but um, anyone that knows anything about construction, knows that he was full of shit, right? I mean, I want you to think about this real quick. Think about construction. Just give give yourself a couple of seconds. If you've ever seen some road construction crews, I want you to ask yourself, how many people do you see in that crew? So just take a second. Okay, so if you got that second down, Take a, you're, you're taking a second you're thinking about that. Okay. How many how many people do you see on that roadside crew? Let's say, let's say they're doing a, a project, right? Let's say they're doing a project, right? And they got their dudes out there and they're, you know, fucking sitting there. You know, let's let's say they're uh I don't know, man, doing some road construction, right? Let's say they're doing a, a block of road, right? Of a, of a pavement, you know, road, whatever the fuck you want to call it, blacktop, right? Um, do you see like 20 guys on that line or do you see like three? <laughs> Two supervisors and one worker, maybe a supervisor, maybe a project manager, a foreman, and uh, your your worker, right? And here's the thing. When he said that, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dude, this is not the 1930s. We're not building the fucking Hoover Dam. You don't need 40 guys. I have friends who, you know, who, who worked on these projects, whose families have worked on these projects. There's no 30 or 40 guys sitting there working on it. It's like three guys. And, you know, these labor unions, man, and all these companies, they were getting some sweetheart deals because, you know, they were all for it and really touting it because, you know, the thing is that goes right into because they're unions, it goes right into the damn supervisor's pocket you know, um, or, or the, the big wigs pocket, you know, they know that they're going to get a raise from this. Um, yeah, they're going to, they're going to hire a couple guys, but Jesus Christ, we're not going to hire fucking 20 of them. Right. Um, I mean, really like that. Uh, that's, that's the truth guys. That's the absolute truth. Every time you hear that shovel ready job shit, just keep in mind, man, it's not the 1920s anymore. You know, it's not, I'm sorry, 1930s anymore. That, that, that doesn't happen. You don't see a bunch of dudes on these, you know, uh, road construction crews or like public works projects. Like those days are long gone. Um, if there is people to be hired, you have to have, you know, experience with uh, heavy equipment. There might be like in a crew of five, there might be one guy, you know, schlepping a shovel around, but most likely no, like that's, those days are long gone. Um, so when he came out with the spending bill, man, and it was like in the trillions, right? Trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars. And I forgot the name of the fucking bill, but man, it, I was like, what? 
I've never heard such. I've heard billions. I've never heard trillions. Oh, we got to make it big enough because this problem is big. Right. Okay. Makes sense, I guess. Um, and then I saw the deficit and that's something I didn't know about. It's like, you know, just like in your house, you can't spend more than you bring in. You can't like every time you do this, you're putting the country in debt. Right. And every time you do this, you're making the value the the value of our dollar go down and down and down and down and down because you're just you're just saying, hey, print more, right? Um, and that's the best thing. It's like the worst thing is you have to borrow money from China. And uh, we were still in pretty friendly relations with them at this time, but you know, it was uh, it was a start of some bad stuff. But anyways, you know, Obama, um, you know, kind of went right for the gut and got this thing passed and. You know, during this whole process, he because, you know, when he was running, he said he was going to be Mr. Bipartisan. I'm going to it's going to be consensus view of all the parties and the Republicans. You know, I'm going to take under, you know, try to understand where they're coming from. And, uh, you know, my party, I'm going to, uh, you know, go with what they think is best. Da, 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 you know, and then come to find out that was all a bunch of bullshit um, because he went to the Republican caucus one time after he was elected. OK one time and pretty much came out of it saying, well, elections have consequences and this is what I believe and we're not going to do everything the way they want it done. Okay. Okay. You know, here's the deal. You're the president. That's your prerogative. And yeah, you were elected a Democrat president. So yeah, I, I guess I can say some of that, but dude, these are tried and true methods. The, you know, the, the trickle down economics theory, it does work. Supply side economics does work. OK, um, you, yeah, even if you gave every American a million dollars, number one, the dollar would be worth like literally nothing. Um, and then companies aren't stupid. They raise the prices to. Well, number one, if you if you give everybody this money, then, you know, it's it's going to make inflation go up. And they got to, you know, com like I said, companies are just not dumb. You know, they don't go. Gee, everyone's got a million dollars. I think I'm going to keep the prices exactly the same. And I, you know, that's what happened during COVID. I knew when they were giving out all these bailout things, all this money to everyone, I knew it was going to be bad. I knew instinctively that it was going to make inflation go out of control because everyone's got a thousand bucks in their pocket now. And there it is. You know, here we are, right? So, so. He was so radical and then he started worrying about healthcare and I'm like, wait a minute, what, where, where was this shit about the economy being the only thing you cared about? Um, and then, you know, all these fucking Democrats are around saying like, you know, like Nancy Pelosi, like the bill, this huge bill, you know, people are asking, the press was asking, at least the, the fair press was asking like, what's in this bill? And she's like, well, uh, we're going to have to pass it for you. We're going to have to pass it for you to know what's in it. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> so there's literally no transparency. There was there wasn't very much to begin with, but now you're just saying there's absolutely none, right? Um, that's for that's for me to know and you to find out. It's pretty much what she fucking told everybody. Um, yeah, that's pretty nuts, man. We, we, you know, if you're gonna be like that, don't even like try to humor Americans. Um, mm, coffee. Um, yeah, I just, I just, when, man, when that happened, I was like, boo, like, this is fucking nonsense, man. Like, this is not good. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, um, Democrats really just, they, they went all in on their way of doing things and yeah, it, it, 
it just made it, it just put everyone on different, you know, different sides of the fence politically. And for someone who is a left winger, the when 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 you're getting a I don't okay attacked is probably not the right word, but when your guy is being you know doing things that he didn't tell everyone he was going to do, or he's doing things that are really really far on his side of the political spectrum, you know, like it's not a consensus thing. You, it, it's, it gets hard to defend these guys. So what do you do? Right. Instead of, instead of saying like, well, you know, this is what this, and I, like trying to come up with a nuanced answer when someone is actually, you know, um, having criticism against him for, Hey man, this guy's spending way too much or, Hey man, he didn't say he was going to do this. You know, he never talked about healthcare. He, this wasn't a priority, you know? Um, or, you know, they're, which is the truth. They're saying stuff like, Hey man, you know, this is a little bit too far to the left. And they would say, Oh, well, you know what it is. You're just a bigot. You're just racist. That's all it is. It's got nothing to do with anything. You're just, you're just racist. You know, you just, cause he's black and you don't want to see a black man a, as a president. And they're like, uh, no, that's not it. At all. <laughs> like I voted for this guy. I just want to see him stay to his word. Oh no, 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 no. It's racism is what it is. You know, you're, you're a racist. So wait a minute. I'm not a racist. Like, cause I, cause I voted for the guy. No, no, you're, you're a racist. I know I can, I, I can, I've seen racist before and this is how they are. And I tell you what, it starts this way. And eventually, uh, then you get the third right. It's like, holy shit. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's a far leap, but okay. Um, so that's kind of what happened. It's like every single time someone said anything about Obama, man, it, immediately the answer from the left was you're a racist. Doesn't matter what it was, doesn't matter what the critique was, doesn't matter how right they were or any of that. It was just immediately you're a racist. That's why you don't like him is because he's black. Um, and I think when that started, right, I think when that started, then like the, the only response at that point for the right wing to have is, oh, yeah, you know, you're a communist, which you know, fuck a lot of them are at this point. So like now I don't think that would really bother anyone to say that. But back then that was still like there was still a pretty fresh memory of the Berlin Wall and of the old Soviet empire, you know, you had Cuba, you had South Korea, you had uh, not Kim Jong-un, but the Kim Il-sung, is that his? I don't remember, but the the, the the dickheads with the weird fucking haircuts, dad, you know, the, the guy before him. Um, what the fuck is his name? Man? I am striking out, man. Jesus Christ. Call me fucking Jim Carl or John Carl Stanton, right? I'm, I'm just fucking swinging out, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm striking out today with names. So that was their whole, that was the whole thing. You know, the, the, the right wing were calling them communists and socialists and, and anarchists and this and that. And you're, 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 you're committed to the destruction of the country. And that's all you want is to watch everything burn and crumble and blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. Um, and, um, you know, the left is, oh, you're just a racist. You know, you hate black people. You hate them and hate them and hate them. And that's all you want to do. And, and, you know, immigration was, was a, was a, was it like a, a it was a thing that was popular or not popular, but it was a thing that were people were talking about, you know, populist, I think is the word now, populist politics. Anyways, uh, populist, right? Anyways. Um, so that, 
came into the stew is that if you were for any type of immigration or at least fair immigration laws, you're a racist because you want brown people to be gone, right? <laughs> so, you know, um, the racist boogeyman became the thing that the, the, the left was always bringing up. And then the, you know, communist socialist boogeyman was the thing that the right was bringing up. And it just, it, it, it became so vicious over time that any time from that point on that you had a differing opinion about something politically than the side that was in power or even not in power. You were known as one of those two things. If you're on the right, you're a racist. If you're on the left, you're a communist. Just right out, right off the bat. Like no, no discussion, no nuance to it. No, like, well, you know, I feel this way. And then I, no, it's just immediately like, no, you're a communist and you're a racist, you know? Um, and when things are like that, each side is just starting to say around like 2015, 2016, each side is saying, you know what? I just don't even want to talk to that person anymore. So when you do that, instead of like the old days where you have, you know, uh, two maybe intellectuals having a conversation about politics and they go, well, at the end they say, well, you know, agree to disagree. Uh, you know, you're still American. You're still my brother or sister or whatever. You're still this. So, so, you know, I still embrace you with loving arms. We're still fellow countrymen, right? Well, that changed. That wasn't good enough anymore because in each of their mind, if you're for something they're not, then you're actually in their mind a threat to the way you think things are supposed to be in the world. So they must be working. If you're working for, in your mind, and this isn't that uh, the Righteous Mind book, in your mind, if you're working for what's good in your mind, but, but that's what you perceive to be good, then anybody that's against what you think is good is ultimately evil. Okay. Um, and you know, you, you hear it so much like the time for debate is over. This is how it is. Like, no, the time for debate's never gonna be over. Um, we're never gonna have a definitive answer on anything. We're just chess players in the game of life, and you know, God is gonna move us around as he see fits. Um, or chess pieces, not chess players, but chess pieces in the game of life. And you know, I just don't see it like a lot of people do. I think we need to start talking again and quit looking at each other as enemies just because you don't, I mean, you're still a countryman, you know, and that's why people don't even wave the gosh dang flag anymore. There's some people that are triggered by the flag because if like, if you hoist up a flag, you're known, you're known now as something like it's very, you know, uh, uh, you're very, you know, you're so radical for waving that flag. It's like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> How the hell did like, you know, just having a flag on your porch have anything to do with being radical? That was just like par for the course normal back in the day. Now that's radical, you know. Um, and the left has always, not always, but lately has gone to the, the crutch that they lean on is science. Oh, it's scientific, you know. It's like we're, we're on the cutting edge of science. You're on the right, and all you do is believe in God, and God is not, you know, smart, and <laughs> it's not smart to be religious. You know, so um, the transgender debate has gotten so 
crazy. And things like that come about. And the right looks at that like, dude, this is just nuts. Like, we're, you know, you're, one day you're talking about gay rights and gay marriage, and all of a sudden the next day I wake up and now it's like, no, like, you know, we should be able to, uh, the government should pay for kids to have uh, sex changes, you know? And they're like, what the fuck? And the left has been, been pushed so crazy to the left, um, so crazy into the communists out there. They're like, they, you know, morality for them is weighed by by a long time ago. Anything traditional, because we keep saying communist, socialist, you know. And so that means like you're not tied to tradition anymore. You're not allowed to be, you're not allowed to be proud of your country because you want to change it. So um, that's the big problem there, guys, is like they're, the, the divide has gotten so bad because we won't talk to each other anymore. And instead of talking to each other, we just only talk to ourselves and it's not even, it's not even constructive. Like, like we're just talking in echo chambers now. We're just, we're, we're flipping on our news that we want to hear. And, uh, you know, we're not listening to both sides. We're just looking, listening to one side. Like these, like I said, they used to be a mainstay on television back in the day is, is, you know, political debate between two sides. And now like, it's just, no, no, not at all. Um, it's just, it's, it's just one side and, and both people typically have the same view and in one, maybe a little bit more leaning, you know, extreme on their side than the other one, but they both pretty much agree on it. So that's, that's pretty, I think that's pretty, um, it's pretty scary. Uh, you know, because, because the next thing to come, and I believe this, and I think I was talking to Derek about this is that, um, malicious. Cause you kind of saw that with the, with the, uh, the January 6th thing. Right. And I think that's what we're headed towards is militias. Um, where each side has a, you know, democratic or a, um, dedicated group of cadres that are going to fight for their cause, no matter right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's, that's how I see it guys. Like that's, that's the, and, and, and to wrap it up, that is the consequence of not conver having conversations with people that don't agree with you. You know, the next thing that comes about is that they're no longer, they're no longer dumb. They're no longer this They're no longer stupid. They're not just wrong or their ideas are, are, are bad for the country. No, they're, they're in, in the other person's mind, they're literally out to destroy the country. You know, and then you start looking at everybody as a group. You're not looking at people as just people anymore. You're looking at it as, as a as a mob, as a herd, as a group, right? Just as as a singular body of people. And um, so the side that you're on, you feel like, man, I I gotta like defend our side, or we gotta we gotta stand up for this or that, or you know, it's like if we we can't let them. They're gonna come out and, and get us, and you know, they're for the for the left. It's oh, they're gonna turn right wing. They're, they're gonna they're turning into the Nazis. They're gonna put us in concentration camps, you know. And if like for the right, it's like oh, they're turning they're turning into Bolsheviks, you know. They're gonna they're gonna come and like pretty much take the land off of everybody that owns land, you know. So, um, what do you do? Well. For the right, you've had militia movements for a long time, okay? But now they're becoming more radicalized and they're kind of being, they're kind of working together more. Um, all these different groups that get together during these rallies, you know, that, that, that have a kind of a, you know, similar interest in things. And 
that's what you're going to have, I think. Just like you had Nazi Germany. You had the brown shirts that went in and broke up speeches and um, pretty much didn't allow for the other side to have a voice. Uh, and it just became more violent and more violent and more violent. So I'm really, I think my thing now is to, along with some other stuff that, that I'm doing for the podcast, is like to, to explain to people what our history of America is. All of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. You know, we've had more good than bad, I definitely say that, but I think people really need to understand what the history of America is. So there's going to be some other stuff on the pod, but I think that's what I'd like to go with it is why are we so divided, right? Like what, what, why are we, what, what does each side mean when they say this or that? Why, you know, who should I, who says, and that's something you need to figure out yourself. I'm not going to push anything. Um, and I, I'm still going to do some pop culture stuff and some funny stuff, you know, so don't, don't, but if, if you're into that, don't worry. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, that's what we're going to start getting into. And this was a shorter episode. I know that. Sorry about that. Um, uh, and I forgot to say at the beginning to, you know, what? I'm going to say that I'm going to, I'm going to do a little quick recording after I say this, but, um, anyways, guys, listen, I love all y'all and go to uh, Dane Bramage, uh, 2023 at gmail.com. Um, drop me a line, say hello, go fuck yourself, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and make sure you you share the podcast with friends and family and those that you love and those that you hate. Um, uh, and listen, I love every single one of you guys, all three of you that listen to my podcast with any kind of regularity. I really appreciate it. And um, please share this podcast, guys. You got to do it, man. I know it sucks. I know it's an extra step in life, but I need you guys to do this, man, or else it's not going to get out there. And I feel like I'm I'm suffocating, man. But anyways, um, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, I'm going to be back, try to get, be back a little bit sooner. And, uh, you know, look out for me and Derek doing a, uh, a show here pretty soon. I think it's going to be on uh, YouTube maybe, but all of his other uh, normal apps or, or normal platforms. So uh, anyways, uh, God bless you guys and have a, have a great day, week, month, year. And I love you and have a good one. Thanks for listening to Dane Bramage. This has been your not-so-esteemed host, Jeff. It's been an honor to entertain, inform, and blow your mind. And I gotta ask, was it as good for you as it was for me? Probably not. I've always been somewhat of a disappointment. Shh, don't tell anybody. Anyways, if you need more Dane Bramage, you can go to the Dane Bramage Podcast Facebook page, or you can email me at danebramage2023 at gmail.com. Be good to each other. And God bless.